Ask not what your country can do for you. There's a last time I've got to be in the lead. The time for the past. Pepina, oh, you little mouse, so won't you go away? One ringy-dingy. Hand off to Griffin, cracks the middle, gets the five. Touchdown, Ohio State. Oklahoma, where the wind comes sweeping down the plane. I'm interested to know, Gracie, who's your choice? Need you ask, George. Time now for spinning my dad's vinyl. Here with all his skips, scratches, and pops is my dad, Frank Vaccarello. Thanks, sweetie. And thank you for tuning into episode 25 of Spinning My Dad's Vinyl. Well, if you haven't noticed, my dad's vinyl collection is filled with Dixieland jazz musicians. But there aren't many musicians who were as famous as this artist, born in New Orleans, stayed there for most of his career, and died there. So let's lick that licorice stick down in the Big Easy for Volume 25, Pete Fountain, A High Society Father's Day.
And there is the title track, High Society, written in 1901 by Porter Steele. Now, why this album? Well, my dad played this album quite a bit. I played this album quite a bit. I always loved this album cover, which was illustrated by Sandy Hoffman, who was responsible for 92 album covers, according to Discogs. The album shows a Beatles yellow submarine-style caricature of Pete Fountain creating a rainbow with his clarinet. Pretty trippy for 1956. Pete Fountain was also a personal favorite of both of my parents. They caught his show at his club in New Orleans, and I'll talk about uh, that club in his bio. They got to meet the famous musician, even bringing back a couple of autographed CDs. One for them, and one for me. And if you're not watching the video, yes, I still have both of them. Now, we'll be featuring... Fountain in two future episodes of Spinning My Dad's Vinyl as well. And I'm really looking forward to the live album that my dad has. But now, some early 20th century ragtime.
that's a plenty. It's a 1914 ragtime piano composition by Lou Pollock. Okay, let's talk about the album I have chosen for this special Father's Day episode. It's Pete Fountain, High Society. It's on the Pickwick label, SPC 3201. It is an LP vinyl stereo format, was released in 1956. It's listed under the jazz genre, and its style is Dixieland. By the way, the recording date for this album was June 2nd, 1956 through June 12th, 1956, where else but in New Orleans. Now, let me read real quick uh, all of the liner notes on the back cover. It's funny how words come to have different meanings. For example, when you're a kid, licorice means long, chewy, black candy. When you grow up, licorice means low, moaning, mellow, clarinet music. And if you're a fan of really good clarinet music, licorice means Pete Fountain. Pete Fountain. There's an effortless quality to the way Pete licks his licorice stick. Folks got to like it back when he stood out in the Lawrence Welk crowd, and they continued to like it, to love it, when Pete started making records. The tunes on this album are comfortable ditties that are either from the 20s or sound as if they should be. They have that lazy, zesty feel that music had when jazz was just getting started, when musicians were just beginning to dandle songs on their instruments as if they were babies on their knees. The jazz babies here include Margie, The World is Waiting for the Sunrise, I'm Going Home, Farewell Blues, and the album title tune, High Society. Pete Fountain lifts that licorice to his lips and lets those sweet, sweet melodies float through the air with the greatest of ease. Why not catch them? Okay, let's talk about the value that Discogs has uh, this album listed at. The highest came at $5.25, lowest at a dollar, and median at $3.94. I could only find it in CD form on eBay, so no album to value. Amazon came in kind of near the median at $3.41. Now, my dad's album doesn't sound nearly as bad as I thought it would. I get to call the album cover fair because it is without his usual sticker. I will also call the record itself in fair condition, so I'll value my albums, uh, my dad's album at a buck. And just to let you know, I'm more of a Sunset fan.
Waiting for a Sunrise, written in 1919 by Ernest Seitz. Okay, let's learn about this episode's artist. Pierre Dewey LaFontaine Jr. was born July 30, 1930, and died August 6, 2016, known professionally as Pete Fountain. He was an American jazz clarinetist. He was born on White Street in New Orleans between Dumaine and St. Anne in a small Creole cottage-style frame house to Pierre Sr. and Madeline. Pete was the great-grandson of a French immigrant, Francois Fontaine, who was born in Toulon circa 1796 and came to the U.S. in the early 19th century and died on the Mississippi Gulf Coast around 1885. Pete's father, a truck driver and part-time musician, changed the family name to Fountain. One of Fountain's early engagements was with the bands of Monk Hazel, Fountain founded the Basin Street Six in 1950 with his longtime friend, trumpeter George Gerard. In 1954, after the Basin Street Six folded, Fountain briefly went to Chicago to play with the Dukes of Dixieland, then returned to New Orleans and teamed up with Al Hurt to lead a band playing an extended residence at Dan Levy's Pier 600. A talent scout for Lawrence Welk, who saw Fountain performing at the Pier 600, brought him to the attention of Larry Welk, son of the television band leader, Lawrence Welk. Persistent persuasion from the son led the senior Welk to invite Fountain to join the Lawrence Welk Orchestra in Los Angeles, where he relocated and lived for two years. Fountain became well-known for his many solos on Welk's ABC television show, The Lawrence Welk Show. He was rumored to have quit when Welk refused to let him jazz up a Christmas carol on the 1958 Christmas show. Other accounts, including one of Fountain's autobiography, A Closer Walk with Pete Fountain, indicate he, in fact, played a jazzy rendition of Silver Bells on the show, which upset Welk, leading to Fountain's departure in early 1959. In an interview, Fountain said he left the Lawrence Welk show because champagne and bourbon don't mix, unquote. Fountain was hired by Decca Records A&R head Charles Bud Dant and went on to produce 42 hit albums with Dant. After Welk's death, Fountain would occasionally join with the Welk musical family for reunion shows. Fountain returned to New Orleans, played with the Dukes of Dixieland, then began leading bands under his own name. He owned his own club in the French Quarter in the 1960s and 1970s. He later acquired Pete Fountain's Jazz Club at the Riverside Hilton in downtown New Orleans. Pete would make the trek to Hollywood many times, appearing on The Tonight Show starring Johnny Carson 56 times times. Fountain opened his club, the French Quarter Inn, located in the heart of the famed French Quarter District in the spring of 1960. He performed there until it closed in 2003. Fountain died of heart failure in his hometown on August 6, 2016, at the age of 86. Now, let's continue with a great old melody.
Up a Lazy River, written in 1930 by Hoagy Carmichael. Okay, time now for this episode's interesting side note. As a child, young Pete was very sickly, frequently battling respiratory infections due to weakened lungs. He was given expensive medication, but it proved to be not very effective. During a pharmacy visit, Pete's father began a discussion with a neighborhood doctor who was also there shopping and talked with, about, and talked with him about his son's condition. The doctor agreed to see the boy the following day. After a short exam, the doctor confirmed the weak lung condition and advised the father to try an unorthodox treatment. Purchase the child a musical instrument, anything he has to blow into. The same day they went to a local music store and given his choice of instruments, Pete chose the clarinet after first wanting the drums, which his father declined per the doctor's orders. At first, Pete was unable to produce a sound from the instrument, but he continued to practice and eventually not only made sounds and eventually music, but greatly improved the health of his lungs. He took private lessons, but also learned to play jazz by playing along with phonograph records of first Benny Goodman and then Irving Fazola. By the time he reached his teens, he was playing regular gigs in the nightclubs on Bourbon Street. According to Fountain, when I was a high school senior, my history teacher asked me why I didn't study more. I answered that I was too busy playing clarinet every night, and when I told him I was making scale, about $125 a week, he said that was more than he made and I should play full-time. I guess I was a professional from that point on, unquote. Okay, Let's check out what kind of wood this is.
It's the Mahogany Hall Stomp, written in 1929 by Spencer Williams. All right, another great show with an album filled with great music to make it tough to pick just a few, although this album only has two more songs on it, so you heard the vast majority of it. It was great listening to this album again. I hadn't heard it in a couple of decades easily. Okay, maybe four. And it was good to remember how much fun my parents had traveling to great destinations like New Orleans, usually with the public accounting organization my dad belonged to, and how much I appreciated their thoughtfulness in picking up an autographed CD by this episode's artist. What a great way to honor my dad for only the second Father's Day he has been gone. Okay, before we say farewell... Let's say farewell.
Farewell Blues, a 1922 jazz standard written by Paul Maris, Leon Rapolo, and Elmer Chabelle. We are thinking of you on this Father's Day, Dad. We miss you. Thanks for tuning into Volume 25, Pete Fountain, A High Society Father's Day, however you did. If you want more information about this podcast, head over to SpinningMyDad'sVinyl.com. I'll be back next week with all my skips, scratches, and pops with Volume 26, Voodoo Sweet. Go with the flow, my friends. <laughs>